Hi, and welcome to episode one of the Plainly Queer podcast. My name is Paul O'Byrne. My name is Claude McGrath. And today we are going to be discussing language, the evolution of language and the power of language and how it has influenced and impacted the queer community. Full disclosure, this episode was recorded four months ago, I believe. Yeah. Four months ago. We would like to think that we have evolved as people and podcasters and that our language has evolved as well. So we have learned something from this, we hope. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as well it speaks to the what we're trying to do in the podcast is that we want to have these conversations to evolve our knowledge about the queer community. We're discussing language, the evolution of language. Um, yeah, what, what do you think has changed in four months? Do you think how, what has changed for us? I would say from our perspective, we've become more comfortable with each other. Yeah. And so I was talking earlier how our use of profanity has come into the space a lot more. Yes. So people are going to notice that, I think, as it develops. But that just goes to show language as well. Relational. Yeah. You have to feel comfortable. You have to... When we first started, yeah, we were very um, respectful and yeah, yeah, gentle with one another and now we, yeah, curse and blind. So just expect that. Actually, I think I have to put a a new rating in the podcast. I'll have to put in explicit content actually now that we're saying this. (laughs) I think there was other explicit stuff besides that. Um, (laughs) Was there not? No, there was. There was a kind of talk, I think. I didn't know podcasts have ratings. Um, yeah. So you have to have you a rating. Because like, obviously, if you're listening to this in the car with the kids, mm. I think this episode is okay. I don't think anything too explicit is in it. But um, yeah, if you're listening to the, the podcast... Oh, stay tuned for the juicy stuff, people. Yeah. And enjoy episode one. Yeah. So, here we are for Plainly Queer Conversations. Or just Plainly Queer, really. And my name is Claude McGrath. I am a counsellor and psychotherapist from Ireland. And I am here with Paul. Paul, I'll let you introduce yourself there. Thanks, Claude. Yeah, my name is Paul. I am a final year student in my counselling and psychotherapy. So I'm about to finish my core training. And then I am also a sex and relationship therapy counsellor in training also. And I'm also based in Ireland. Two Irish, two Irish paddies. <laughs> uh, that's interesting, actually, even me using the two Irish paddies, because the, today the conversation is about the importance of language. And depending on where you say that, it can be uh, a good or a bad thing. I, I think, are they colloquialisms? Is that the word? I can't even say the word colloquialisms yeah. or whatever like that. But um, yeah, you uh, really have to, it's, it's about the evolution of language. You know, and even as the topic today was language, it's how we use it. And another one I picked up on, actually, that I'm trying to get out of is guys referring to multiple gendered people as guys in general, just relating to everyone as guys. And I'm kind of like thinking, well, that's 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 not appropriate anymore, but I'm I'm conditioned to do it. There's another thing that happens. It happens in like my day job a lot where someone will come with a complaint and I deal a lot with Americans and they would I'd be like I'd be like ah no bother no bother and they'd be like it is a bother and I'm like I, I know it's not a bother but it's no, it's, it's no bother <laughs> like, yeah, as yeah, in yeah. to them I'll deal playing, with it yeah as in you're playing down their complaint and they're kind of like no it is a bother and I'm like no bother <laughs> yeah but yeah it, I love it, it it's just language. It's how we're conditioned to kind of speak, I suppose, and communicate. 
Yeah, uh, that's one for me. I always use folks now because Mm -hmm. I'm like, like you, I I would have used guys uh, even with my girlfriends. And it's just like, no, it it really just isn't appropriate anymore. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm uh, everywhere I go now. Hi, folks. How's it going? Uh, And remembering to say that. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was I was in Australia and I used to use crack all the time. And they're like, sorry, what? And I know a, a lot of people will understand that one. But uh, yeah, so language, depending on where you are and who you're using it with, uh, can mean a lot of different things. So folks, listen, what we're talking about here today. So we are, we're, as we both said, we're both therapists, our therapists in training even. And uh, we wanted to have conversations, plainly queer conversations, because we got together and we're talking about setting up a group of some sort for the queer community, some sort of counselling, some sort of psychoeducation or something like that. And out of that, out of our conversation or in that as two people in the queer community, we were talking about how we felt like we were kind of bad gays. We didn't, we weren't really in the community. We weren't really in the scene. And there was stuff that we really didn't understand. And there's a lot of change. There's a lot of for the good in the queer community around language, around pronouns, about even just the, the, the letters in the LGBTQIA plus and more. And we were talking about sometimes we feel intimidated in conversations. We feel intimidated about how, how I come across as a queer person if I don't know things. So essentially we were like, wouldn't it be great to be able to have those conversations? So mm-hmm. here we are today having plainly queer conversations. And we hosted an event called Plainly Queer Community Conversations uh, on Zoom today. And the topic, the topic we talked about was language. So we've given you a brief introduction about how the importance of language has been. And out of that, again, we decided wouldn't it be great to continue the conversation with a broader community that they could join and listen in when it suited them. So here's the podcast, Plainly Queer. So that's how we came here today. And yeah, so today's topic, out of having our meeting today on language and the reclamation of language, we wanted to talk further on it. So uh, yeah, anything else you wanted to say there, Paul? So much as you were talking. But I was like, I shouldn't yeah. be rude and interrupt. Go for it. <laughs> I shouldn't I shouldn't do my usual interjection thing. No, most definitely. As you were talking there and we discussed bad gays, and I'm reminded of that movie Bad Bad Moms, and like where oh, yeah. they were like just the worst mothers, but they turned out to be the best. But it's that feeling that like that you don't kind of fit into the 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 kind of stereotype that is placed on. LGBTQI plus people in their communities uh, as viewed by the larger majority, I suppose. But even as you were discussing there, not feeling like you were kind of part of the what it was to be gay. Well, I identify as gay, so I don't feel fully I'm part of that because I don't I I don't embody what is expected of that maybe by the outside. It's crazy. But um, stereotype. even a stereotype. But even as you were talking, it's like, I feel like I live in the suburbs of the gayborhood. (laughs) I don't live in like the center of the gayborhood. I live in like the suburbs and I exist on the outskirts in the suburbs. And the odd time I'll commute in uh, to the center and go to the odd bar, the odd club, and then I'll go back to the suburbs and be hungover. But yeah, so that's probably (laughs) framing it in that way for me. 
but uh, yes i if, language is what we were kind of discussing today in the in the community conversations and it was so rich it was so there were there were such great nuggets of kind of knowledge and understanding but more so perspectives i think there were so many different perspectives of what queer was what language meant to people and i think one of the themes that came up today and i'm going to speak very generally but uh, that resonated for myself was that language can give individuals a sense of belonging using mm-hmm. the term i i am gay in in that even saying that those words they can be the biggest thing to, or i am bisexual like the whole i know coming out and we'll speak to that later as well but coming out mm-hmm. like saying those words those three words and i speak from my own experience i am gay they I was years building up to that, you know, and even there was such yeah. a sense of feeling like you belong to something when you finally said it. So, yeah, I think that sense of kind of there is a sense of belonging in language, which is kind of, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And and like you, the the coming out piece being finally able to say it I knew Mm. a long time before I actually said it out loud and I even I even remember telling a friend and 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 not so long after going I think I want to go back in I don't really know if I like being out you know but actually the I think there was a a claiming of part of myself in saying I am gay Mm. I am a lesbian and this is this is a part of me that has been hidden away and using the language to uncover it, using the language to uncover myself, you know, and because I think uh, one of the other things is that it, that came out of our conversation was that how language is used, it can be used for the positive and used for the negative. And I know certainly for myself growing up, uh, around queer people was like, oh, in hushed tone, they're gay. Mm. or they're queer or you know uh, the f word all of that was used as a derogatory it was never used in the positive oh they're so gay it was never a they're they're great they're fantastic it was just something to be used to identify or stereotype or put them in a box and and for me i i think i was hesitant for a long time to say the words to use the language and yet when i did i felt freer I felt more open once I even and it's an ongoing process once it's settled even more for myself I wouldn't have used queer back then I think I came out in my early 20s did I or no actually even later in my mid-20s so I was kind of later coming out but I wouldn't have even used the term queer I don't know like would you have used the word queer or would you have used gay not at all I mean listen I grew up in small town Ireland and literally a one horse town it's famous for a horse fair but uh, yeah there was n- there was no the the only use of language was negatively it was kind of queer was always an aggressive word and I suppose I'm focusing on queer because that queer community conversations like plainly queer it is the word that has been reclaimed and I I'm using it myself now academically so but for me back then it was just such a negative. It was the cause. It was the cause of so much kind of isol- isolation, 
pain. It meant so much. It was like hurtful and it was frightening. So it, it just made me go in on myself. The, that that's the power of language. And uh, it's, it can hurt as well as kind of, okay, there's hurt, but then there's offense. It's very easy to offend, but it takes something extra to hurt someone with language. I think it's something more, more aggressive and more targeted and more hurtful. So language has so many kind of uses that can be kind of dead, like positive and negative, but sorry. Yes. Queer used to be a negative, but I've reframed it. But it wasn't easy. I remember writing it a couple of times in an academic context going, I write it and I know the history of this word. And I think that's the important thing to not forget our history as a community in relation to not everyone was able to speak their truth. Not everyone was able to use language that defined them or you I'm talking specifically about closeted, like, let's take Oscar Wilde. And I know we were talking about symbolism and how Oscar Wilde would wear the green kind of flower and that became a a queer symbol. Our art, like queer kind of art and how it was just, that was the only way to express yourself. Hidden. Signaling. Yeah. Signaling, exactly. And yeah, so I, I think talking about it today, there was also a sadness in relation to all those that have gone before us that didn't have a voice didn't have a kind of way of communicating really who they were so I think that's the that's I suppose there should be I am speak for me I will try and do that but to be able to speak my language and that is unique to me but that hopefully others will understand and as a result they will understand me a bit more because I'm, I'll put my hand up and say I'm complex. I've many, many layers. I'm the ultimate onion, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. peeling back the layers. It'll never, never be peeled back fully. But yeah, that is. How I powerful believe. is language for that? And how powerful oh, is yeah. that on uh, for peeling it back? Going, well, what is this layer? I, I'm trying to understand it, and if I can put language on that. Mm. That gets more meaningful for me. That gets me to more layers on myself that I can understand. It gets me closer to that piece because as a therapist, and, and, and I know for yourself in training, if you can put a language on an experience that may have not had language before that, it's a greater understanding of, oh, now I get it. Mm. Now that makes more sense. It's just something that was happening within me or something that was happening around me that I couldn't quite put my finger on and I'm not saying in terms of putting yourself in the box but it is talking about putting parameters around it going oh well that kind of actually feels good because definitely for me as well when I was coming out again not using the word queer I I very much was like oh I'm, I'm in a box this is just what I am and especially in later years I'm like well actually there's so much more to being gay or lesbian, but there's, there's so much more to being queer, but it speaks to me as a complicated, layered person. And mm. there's something to be said about that. The offering of the word queer um, allows for that. And I, I have in later years embraced that more. And like you, when I first started using it, so cognizant of the history of it you know Mm. and like you said the sadness of actually what comes out in these conversations is that not a lot of people were able to be queer not a lot of people were able to safely explore that for themselves or have spaces or have spaces for conversations where they weren't sure what was going to happen at the end of it were they going to be accepted 
were they going to be hurt? Was language going to be used to be have it turned back on them? Mm. And so I, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful for how far we have come that the two of us here now can sit on a podcast and have a conversation about language and queerness and and be okay in it because not everybody, not even everybody gets that now. But from an Irish perspective, it's a lot easier. But yes, the sadness of what, how it had to be for, how language and the need to reclaim it and empower ourselves was, was so badly needed because I, I said this as well earlier, anybody who you know is coming out and they're struggling with coming out, a lot of the times you'll hear it's because, well, I, I'm scared of coming out to my parents or I'm scared of coming out to my friends or whoever the people are in, in their life because at some point they heard, oh, in some way used as a slur, oh, they're gay, they're very gay or they're flamboyant or whatever the word was and the F words, we, I don't know whether we can say, are we allowed to use the F words on a podcast? I was going to ask you this because that's the history of the word queer for me was always mm. associated with the word faggot because the yeah. two would be used interchangeably to insult me, put me down, hurt me. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I think I've been more embracing of the word queer. I've kind of reclaimed that, but the word faggot has something, I don't know, that cuts deeper for me. And I don't yeah. think I could ever, I could ever use that in a way, I don't know, there's something there that maybe, and that goes to show the power of language again. So mm -hmm. this word for me has something so negative around it, so hurtful. So, you know, that I'm not ready yet to kind of use that in a way that could be framed as positive or reclaiming or empowering. And I know some individuals do, and that's perfectly fine. But I think it just goes to show how different words can mean different things for different people and can invoke yeah. different things so I, i'll i will name it in the space bag it and but if it's not allowed for sensory purposes you can bleep it out yeah i really feel you know definitely again and again oh they're a faggot or if you hear of anybody you know in the media if there's some sort of uh, gay bashing or anything like that that you know you hear about and the word is always used as that slur as to put somebody down because being gay is the bad thing you being gay is the bad thing and that's what's thrown at you with that word and even in me using it even in this context today and as much as I've considered it it still lands and it lands in such a way that's so different to queer it lands heavy it lands hurtful it lands I don't I don't for me it is not empowering for me, it does not. Uh, what what was that earlier today? Somebody said queer. You're not able to stereotype queer. Was that it? That was a beautiful kind of kind of something that came up. It was a powerful thing. So we'll thank the person who came up with this, but we'll kind of mention it. Yeah, queer is something that can't be stereotyped. I yeah, you yeah. cannot stereotype queer. I thought that was brilliant, and obviously yeah. it kind of resonated for yourself as well. And you can't. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and because of that, yeah, faggot is really a stereotype. You know, mm. there's the negativity, there's the real, it's real darkness for me. It goes really right to the cutting core of I want to hurt you and I do mm. not like you because of your uh, queerness in in a 
Yeah. Do, do you know what queer kind of embodies? Uh, queer is difference. And of course, that's where it originated from. You're different. But I, I suppose, yes, different. But hey, I'm ready to embrace my difference. I'm ready to own it. I'm ready for that to define who I am. Or not define who I am, but for me to embody it and be authentic. I think the word is to be authentic in yourself. And I think the concept of what queer is gives you the ability to be more authentic to yourself whatever Mm -hmm. that is on the spectrum of gender and sexuality it Mm -hmm. gives you the space to explore it and I think the word came up earlier for me just infinite you know there was infinite possibilities and how amazing that was that there was this big galaxy out there to a Star Trek fan but a big galaxy (laughs) out there to explore strange new worlds of gender and sexuality and I suppose I do want to speak to something, though, that you kind of touched on earlier in relation to how the two of us can sit here and have this conversation. How could we how we facilitated the group conversation earlier, like how privileged we are in a way to be able to do that. And I know you mentioned that word privilege earlier. I, I think it is true. And I think it's important to acknowledge as well. Yes, we live in Ireland and we're able to have these conversations, these community conversations. But I think it's important to recognize as well we are in the like that's a small societal thing within the world like great what i'm trying to say is the world is a dangerous place for many queer individuals Mm -hmm. still in modern day and i think it's in certain cultures it's actually receding like it progressed and then it's now receding back Um, Mm and i think that speaks to the fact that you are allowed to be who you want to be but still within that framework of the heteronormative narrative and society you know so in a way it's a double-edged sword because you're being enabled and empowered to be who you want to be until it makes the majority uncomfortable and then you have to go back a bit you know so it's like yeah yeah, it's 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 a catch-22 a little bit I I find anyway yeah and I think again to go back to the importance of language in that in that what you're talking about there and um, when it is framed like that, when it is framed in the heteronormative box, let's say, of going, this is the parameters, this is as far as we're willing to go or has has gone so far in society and even on a global scale. The importance of like when when we're using language to, ex- I don't want to ex- say explain ourselves, we do not have to explain ourselves, but to be understood, to be heard, to be seen, and the, the value within that as, as just humans. We mm. are social creatures. We need that community piece. We need to be seen. We need to be valued within, you know, our on a day-to-day level of who we interact with to a broader level to society. Do, do Does my society value me? And when it is seen as going outside those parameters as I don't understand that. I say from a heteronormative point of view, I don't understand your queerness. I don't know what that means or what your sexuality is. It's it's very much the binary for me. Then language is used to other you, to exclude you from the community. You're not okay. We do not accept that within our society. And, and I, again, speaking to the privilege of an Irish society, yes, we are, I don't mean accepted, but like we are included. We are here. And, and, and that is very evident in, in the last few, the last 10, 15 years of what Irish society has been saying quite publicly about mm. the queer community. But when that language, again, is used to other, 
there we go is the importance of language and how that we can use it to allow people to understand it. What does queer mean? What does having been able to have the conversation of going, this is what it means to be me and have it be heard rather than I'm thinking, especially at the moment, the, the, the debate around, and I hate the word having the debate around transgender people. It's like, actually, there is no debate. That's ridiculous. But the conversation keeps going on. And it's, again, to other because we don't understand it. But if we are actually willing to understand it, go into the conversation, understand what's been said, use the language to go, actually, I don't understand what you just said there. What does that mean? Get closer to it. It's knowledge. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of, it's been willing. It's not shying away. Like I'll give an example. I I, I recently done a a kind of group group work and it was quite a diverse group of people and I was nearly kind of because unfortunately I I word vomit it just comes out (laughs) and like that you have to rein me in sometimes uh, or bring me back on track but uh, I kind of was really aware maybe hyper aware of what I was saying because I didn't want to offend anyone so before Mm. I even speak I'm kind of like okay I'm going to put this out there but how will it be perceived I don't want to offend so you kind of there is that thing where you have to and I know language is evolving I know for me Mm. as well because like that like when we when I say no bother to play something down that's that's within me it's kind of just how I communicate but if that's going to trigger others then I really need to look at my language and go, okay, well, how can I kind of, and it's, it's, it's brain training. It's, Mm. it takes a while. It can't be instantaneous, but to develop a new language that's more inclusive and less exclusive, you know, Mm. that, yeah, that it kind of, but not to the extreme, you don't want to censor yourself, but I, but Mm. I think this is going to take like society generations I'm kind of, I'm realistic in the fact that I don't expect this utopia to suddenly magically appear. I think it will be a gradual kind of thing where it's just a universal language of inclusivity becomes something. But I I fear that I'll be long gone before that happens. But yeah, it, it is the utopia that when you're given the freedom to be and express and here's your freedom that is the pinnacle to kind of be in a world that's fully inclusive because I believe society it might masquerade as inclusive but I think it's still very exclusive Mm -hmm. that would be just my opinion on that anyway yeah yeah no and and I'm there with you and again it really goes to what we would like from plainly queer from these mm. conversations and that is us as individuals are like oh, actually I am I, sometimes I don't know what it is I'm supposed to say or how I should say it what the right terminology is and allowing that space to go you know at the moment if you say the wrong thing it can be really met with ah! and it's like mm. actually can can I just ask the question going what happened there I, I realize this has upset you and, and can I understand why because I, it's, it's obvious right now that I don't. And mm. I'm evolving as a person. The language of this piece is evolving as, 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 a, as, a, as a piece all into itself. So keep in the conversations, keep asking, going, okay, what just happened there? I can see you're upset and not take it personally, not, not let the ego go, how dare you react to me like that, mm. you know? 
I think it's being curious. I think there yeah. there is you have to be curious about it. But I think what we're seeing in kind of the greater kind of aspect of society at the moment is a resistance to even approach the topic because mm-hmm. there's it's unknown, it's it's new, it's it's so let's not go near it as in especially in relation to pronouns say people may not even want to go and I know there's a lot in the news at the moment in Ireland especially around pronouns Mm. and people in authority refusing to use pronouns in relation to a person's request to do for them to do so and Mm. that refusal that resistance to even approach it because it's so unknown and the unknown is fearful and we like things the way they are yeah, things are different for everyone. So yeah, I don't know what I'm speaking to there. Probably more my utopia where (laughs) where everything is awesome. (laughs) Hopefully we will get there, you know, Uh, and I, but I do agree with you. I do do think it's going to be generation Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I I would have heard it growing up and I don't know whether you would have heard it, but like the younger people know, the younger people have it sussed and some people, sometimes that's met with great, let them carry the torch because they know better than we do. And then there's other times where it's like, actually, they're changing everything and there's nothing to tradition and nothing is held sacred. And there's the opposite end of that. But I really do see the generations coming behind me of going, wow, that is fantastic. We are so up on educating yourselves on what's important. And even just, I suppose, again, it goes to the access to language. It goes to the access of information that is the internet that we have nowadays that people can go, what is that? And Google it straight away. They're not yeah. waiting on, you know, the, the Joe at the door to tell them from their limited knowledge of what they understand the world to be. They can get the broader perspective and see how it fits. It's sort of like that queer umbrella going, I'm going to see what this fits like. What does this feel like when I think about it? What does this feel like when I um, try all these different things out? And yeah, I think the younger generation, um, again, keep going with it. Keep keep that inclusivity. Keep that curiosity. Keep having conversations. Yeah, I think what the speaking to the younger generation, and I suppose especially, it is great when. The language is used as a pos- in a positive context, which it is. Because as a younger mm-hmm. person, I in my adolescent years, all that language would have been used negatively. You know, mm-hmm. and as a result, I I stayed within myself. I put on this mask to protect myself. I don't want anyone to know I'm gay because mm-hmm. every day I'm hearing gay is a negative thing. Gay is this. Gay is that. But more recently, and I know you say the younger generation inclusivity language more positively, but there. <laughs> I had a conversation with a 13-year-old not so long ago and mm-hmm. being bullied in school. And again, that word, faggot, was oh, being no. used okay, against yeah. them. And I I kind of lost hope. I was kind of like, these cycles are still happening I, where this awful awfulness is being perpetuated, even mm. in the current day. And, and it is. Yeah. So I think that's why it probably will take many, many cycles of generations to kind of filter that, that hatred out, that kind of fear of the unknown. Because I do, do think it depends on environments, you know, mm-hmm. so because these, this language used in a negative context is learned, you know. Yeah. So well, yeah, it's the generational inheritance of language, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely um, how it's used. 
But I think it's uh, we we're talking about boxes earlier. I might take the opportunity to kind of oh, put yes. that out there in relation to boxes. I suppose to pray we're we're talking about like how you know I'm gay. So, but you, maybe you don't want to be in that box. You don't want to be defined in that box. I suppose we're talking about, especially for younger people, adolescents like to kind of put themselves in a box and say, okay, I'm this or I'm that, I'm gay, I'm bisexual, I think I'm maybe non-binary and putting themselves into boxes. And I suppose boxes, the word boxes or the concept didn't sit with me. Like, in a, what way can I reframe this? That make because. Mm. I can understand why a younger person would gravitate to want to be in a box because, mm-hmm. you know, it gives a, they can kind of a box makes sense to them at that time. So I reframed it as a house. And wouldn't it be nice to think that instead of being put into boxes, we go into houses. So we go into mm-hmm. our individual house and we have our little maybe one bedroom bungalow to start off with. And the, you're kind of like, well, this is where I want to be right now. And then you're kind of like, well, I might want to, I don't know, I think I'll move to a two bedroom, a little bit of extra space. So you kind of move into your new house. And then you're kind of like, might do some renovations here, knock out a few walls, put an extension down the back. And before you, so I think that's a way to reframe it. We're we're not getting put into boxes. We're moving into houses and those houses go renovated. You move on, you try a different house. And Yeah. yeah, so. I don't and want they get built around us, not something that is built for us to be put into. Yeah, exactly. And I think someone did speak to that. They you, they appreciated the reframing of it, but then kind of put caution saying you have to be careful not to lock yourself in that house, that you're yeah. kind of willing to open the blinds and open the windows and invite people in or to be yeah. able to go out of it. So yeah. I think that was important to highlight as well. Yeah. Yeah, that again from our conversation earlier, and we have to really we want to protect the the people who said it, but also to thank them for such mm. generous offerings. And uh, for one person said, it's not coming out; it's a letting in. And like that, the house you have the you have the door. You let people in when you're ready. How how you want them? What rooms you want them in? What as much as you want to show them, or as little as you want to show them, is your within your power. And yeah, I do love the concept of houses because you get to decorate it, you get to do it your own way and go, well, actually, I don't like that color. I don't like that room. I don't like that furniture. And like that, trying on all the different, try on all the different identities. If that feels good for you at that time, go for it, you know? And that's the that's the piece as as humans, not as the queer community or anything like that. As humans, figure out who you are and know that that's going to change over time. Most definitely. Yeah, it was so rich, actually, for such a short kind of discussion and conversation. It, it sparked yeah. so much and you learn it. That's what these community conversations are all about, kind of learning different perspectives, kind of picking up different ways of framing things. And I suppose if you can get one positive out of it, that's kind of an amazing thing to walk away from. Yeah. And I suppose even in relation to language, going back to language, and mm-hmm. I know we discussed pronouns and I I suppose we were discussing earlier language privilege in relation to, especially because we live in such an inter, like multicultural society, there's a lot of intersectionality, especially in Irish culture. So I suppose it's important that some people, their primary language wouldn't be English. And for them, 
some languages don't even have pronouns so it's not yeah. like an issue it's like there's all this other stuff that comes into it you know and but I, I, I suppose just to touch on that as well like intersectionality is now going to play a part and we have our language and it's to find a, a common language within the queer community as we go forward will be would be interesting to to locate yeah I, yeah, I I found that I I <laughs> I had the feeling that that sounded wrong, but hopefully it came. No, out I think it, I I genuinely think uh, no, you're you're spot on on that, and I think it's beautiful. And it is, it's to find the common language, but to keep, stay curious, keep having the conversations on what that is, because mm. for you and I, it might be uh, similar but different, and that's okay. And uh, as as we keep having conversations, we're going to come up with different perspectives. We learned so much today from one conversation. So that's the point of us, you know. And so, yeah, I think, yeah, spot on. Thank you. Oh, what were your questions? Did you have questions? I thought you were going to ask I think questions. I've asked them kind of, I, I've asked oh, them you kind of on. So, yeah. Sneaky, so sneaky. You kind we of got them in there. Today, yeah, yeah. Before we were coming on today, we were like, okay, let's let's see how this conversation goes. Because, you know, this is our first time to do this. Is it going to be, are we going to have anything to talk about? And we can't talk. So we're good. <laughs> um, one of the questions was basically, what did you think of queer before having the conversation today to now? And even from, from this recording of this podcast, has anything changed? Mm. Yes, I think like different, like I am comfortable with who I am I'm comfortable with being gay I'm also comfortable with using queer to define not define myself I keep saying that word I'm using queer to be more authentic in myself you see the way I'm conditioned I'm conditioned mm. to use certain words for different things that restrict me so it's like we're yeah. conditioned to use language that restricts us or puts us down and we're doing it ourselves or I'm doing it myself yeah. so yeah I suppose and that would be another question. Am I, what's, what, can I say I'm gay and queer? Can they exist? Are you allowed to interchange them? Allowed. Like, yeah. Know, but and the, there, in, what is your conditioning? You know, yes. what is it I, even as two queer people, what is our conditioning to how queer we are, how, how we use language with mm. ourselves or within the community, you know? And I definitely do think, yeah, I catch myself more and more now using certain things. Like one of the things I'd love to change from today is not having to come out, but letting people in. Really want to change that. I really want to, that's more that's more empowering to I have to expose myself you know and and let everybody do what they will no that's that's not what it's about as well that individual really needs to copyright that so every time you use it no, they get yeah. money. <laughs> but yeah no most definitely I suppose what did what did I take away from it just that I as I was saying I'm comfortable in being who I am but that people are at different levels of being comfortable with who they are because of the world we live in and we are privileged for to have an environment where we can do this but some individuals aren't they're not in an environment where they can be authentic and unfortunately they have to live kind of this hidden this hidden life where they're not speaking a kind of the language they would like to as in to kind of get meaning or to find yeah, meaning in life or a sense of direction. I could go on yeah. here and uh, about this. So rein me in, Cloda. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it is. It allows for a depth. 
It really does allow for a depth of your experience of uh, mm. just your life in general. It doesn't have to be around queer at all. And, I, and for me, yeah, go for it. I think grateful. Sorry, if there's something I've mm. learned today. I've kind of embraced just being grateful for being able to have the conversation. I suppose yeah. that would be one thing to kind of that I will take away is just being grateful. What about yourself? Yeah. What are you taking um, away from today? Yeah, I think it's a deepening of my understanding of queer, oh. what it means to me, but also what it means in the community. Um, the, the forgiving piece in queer in terms of the umbrella it holds and the forgiving piece in offering these conversations of going, we don't know it all. Mm. You know, that's, that's, that's as plain as day. We don't know it all. There is going to be stuff that we, we say or do and it's going to offend or trigger or whatever. And, and again, go to that curious place. But for me, queer is really about allowing, opening up the space and you get to be whatever in it and change and evolve or go back or go forward or go sideways, whatever way you want. And I have a much stronger appreciation for it uh, and I probably did going in. I was, I, I'm very much pro-queer now. And, mm. and as I say, that has evolved, like even probably 10, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have used that. And with relatively recently, within probably the last five years, I've really embraced it. And, uh, and just after today, I feel more empowered to use it. I feel more, more comfortable, more, I'm loving the word now. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all about it now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're not bad gays anymore we're just queers <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. queer we're plainly um, queer that's what we are we're queer, plainly yeah. queer <laughs> get that plug in um yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. most definitely okay. and i i think yeah the, the history as well i think something that's resonated for me today and especially the content we were kind of viewing as part of the community conversation to kind of spark a, a speaking kind of point was the history but the sadness mm. of our community's history as well and mm. maybe that's something that could be examined in the future as well I think it's amazing yeah. to recognize how grateful I can be in the present but it's also important I think to see how far we've come and to kind of mm -hmm. reflect I suppose but a queer as well for me something that's came up and I mm -hmm. mentioned this earlier and there's something I know you kind of said there's it's a, no, not, like not an airiness to it like a loveliness to it but a resistance there's an yeah. there's, a, there's a sense of being anarchist and not like that like in the late 80s when kind of there was that the gay movement and the queer movement forward fighting for rights the AIDS epidemic and like we're not going to die silently we deserve yeah. health care and we deserve dignity yes exactly dignity thank you but that anarch those people that marched on the streets and took those brave steps that mm -hmm. queer movement and how queer theory came about and everything like that I think that's important to recognize as well so I, I kind think of, that is a conversation. Yeah. I think we're going to have to have another episode on just the, the history of queerness, the history of the queer movement and everything that goes along with that. And I absolutely love your anarchy. Thanks. I love the way you were kind of like, let's give it 10 minutes and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where are we at now? It's like we're tomorrow. Like, it's I tomorrow. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but OK, we will leave it at that. And uh, OK, just to say, hopefully anybody that has listened to this is uh, enjoying it. This is Bing Peace. 
we are literally just seeing how this evolves for ourselves to have conversations and we are going to set up an Instagram page and um, I will so by the time this goes out this will we will have the Instagram page set up and yeah you'll find them all in the show notes and yeah thank you for listening Paul thank you for being here and being in this conversation with me as well I really appreciate it and, oh thank yeah. you Clodagh yeah as I say and I'll always frame it like this I am the Robin to your Batman <laughs> I, <laughs> I just love that, love that. that's really how I frame not. it no, because it, it, it makes me feel better that like I'm not overly responsible for anything because <laughs> there's Gosh, something of, thanks. the Instagram page will be set up and I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> that'll yeah, take yeah. me like three hours to figure out. <laughs> not at all, not at all. We'll get, we're in we'll this get together, so we are. Yeah, we get yeah. it done. Okay, folks, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for the next episodes of Plain and Queer. I can see the history of queer coming in uh, very mm-hmm. soon in an episode. So, yep. Yeah. All right, folks, thank you very much. Thanks all, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone, to the Plainly Queer podcast. If you do want to link in any questions, comments, queries, or, you know, you can give us a topic to discuss to pull us out of our black holes sometimes, it's plainlyqueer at gmail.com. That's plainlyqueer at gmail.com. Or you can slip into our DMs on Instagram at plainly underscore queer. And remember, together we're not obviously different, just plainly queer.